Hello world, I'm Greg Patton. This is a Friday, December the 1st. News and stuff a minute away. This could be you. Maybe it was you. I got you a present. So said the two-year-old grandson, shouted so excitedly as he pressed a box into the man's hands. He picked it all out by himself, said the wife. I opened the box to find a Christmas ornament of his favorite cartoon character. Can I see it, he asked right away. Then he played with my present for the rest of the night as I watched him and I laughed. I smiled because I remembered gifts that I had given loved ones in the past, like the music album I gave my older brother one Christmas when I was in high school that I wanted to listen to, and I did, by the way, and realized how years later God was still stretching me and teaching me to give more unselfishly. Giving is something you kind of grow into. Paul wrote, but since you excel in everything— See that you also excel in the grace of giving, Second Thessalonians 8, 7. Grace fills our giving as we understand that all we have today is from Almighty God, His hand, your very breath. He's shown us it is more blessed to give than receive, Acts twenty thirty five. God generously gave us the most unselfish gift ever, His only Son, Jesus, who would die on an old rugged cross for our sins, and he'd be raised again to life. Anyone who receives this ultimate gift, you're rich beyond measure today, and your heart should be focused on Jesus Christ, and our hands ought to be open to love others. Let me ask you today, in what ways do you need to grow in your giving? Could you do it today? Thank you, God, for giving me the best gift of all, Jesus, and help me to share him generously throughout this Christmas season. in the world is going on. Thought about this all day yesterday. I was once willing to give my life for what I believe this country represented. Today, I'll give my life to protect my family from what this country has become. Uh, excuse me, you with the FBI? Uh, okay, thank you. Give me your car. It's the new America, an FBI agent. What's going on? Well, he was carjacked in the nation's capital. They can confirm it. Yep, the vehicle was recovered, according to the FBI Washington field office. They're investigating carjackings. More than 900 carjacking offenses so far uh, this year. Crazy, crazy. Oh, Glenn Beck exposed craziness, nutcases, moronville, stupidville, and all the rest yesterday. What are we talking about? If you weren't already aware of it, our Department of Homeland Security has ordered federal air marshals to closely monitor people affiliated in any way with January the 6th. It's going to go on forever. Apparently, that includes an eight-week-old baby who wasn't even born during the January 6th events. You have to tell me this is true, says Linda. Did we actually use air marshals to track down an eight-week-old baby? Oh, they're doing it. It's just, he is, a, the baby is on a terrorist watch list. We are absolutely insane. Thousands crossing the border. They're real criminals every day. That's okay, but we're going to track down a baby. Nuts, I'm telling you. They're nuts. 
big debate last night. Not sure still what that's all about. Ron DeSantis, Florida. Gavin Newsom, the nutcase from California. DeSantis called Newsom a slick, slippery politician during a head-to-head -head debate moderated by Sean Hannity. Again, not sure what they were doing. Everybody knows what's happening on the right and what's happening on the left and the differences. And well, that's some good PR, I guess. So where are you, ladies? I use that term loosely in this case. Actress and Jeopardy host Mayim Balik, she's a Jew, called out the hypocrisy of progressive feminists over their silence about the horrific abuse of women by Hamas terrorists in Israel. She made those comments in a lengthy pose on her official account. There's been an abhorrent and conspicuous absence of women's organizations all around the world, unequivocally condemning the systematic rape and torture of women by Hamas on October the 7th. Go get them, girl. Brutal gang rape, sexual torture, murder of babies, period. What are the believe them voices? Good question. These crimes against women were in many cases documented by the terrorists themselves and broadcast all over for the world to see. Yeah, it, uh, see, it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes we're over here and sometimes we're over there and you don't know what we're doing, do you? No, no, we don't. You're all bats. And uh, no, I can't leave this one. Shortly after Hamas terrorists fired, what, over 5,000, was it, rockets from Gaza into Israel there on October the 7th, then they came along and attacked the Jewish state. They came by land and sea and air. They did that, just like she said, torturing and burning and beheading and murdering at least a 1,000 people, women, children, babies, wounding and abducting hundreds more. World reaction was in its own way just, I think, shocking. It's just hard to believe this is the world today. For after the biggest one-day mass slaughter of Jews since the Nazi Holocaust, what followed was an outpouring of celebratory demonstrations, insane, unbridled Jewish hatred, deliriously gleeful support for these demon-led murderers, bitter condemnation of Israel, not just in the Arab Muslim world, but throughout the Western world, here in the United States, just crazy. Why? What's behind the explosion of this anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, pro-terrorist sentiment in this country? Oh, I mean, apart from being away from God and totally demon-led, where Israel has been one of America's closest friends in days gone by, what has happened? Why are there hordes of young, woke, LGBT queer demonstrators marching in support of Hamas? when Hamas wouldn't think twice about binding, blindfolding them, and throwing them off of a roof, a tall building, which they've done many times, talking about killing gays. They do that routinely in the Muslim world. It turns out there's one area of agreement that is so powerful, so deep-seated, and so all-consuming that the vast differences between the deranged left loonies and the murderous demonic jihadists melt away and somehow we all get together and sing, we are the world. Just insane what's happening in the world today, isn't it? Oh, let's go somewhere else. Good news. Do we have any hits? December 1st. That means uh, as of today, today now, you're officially allowed to put up your Christmas lights without any judgment. No, we don't make the rules. It's, it's true. A survey of 4,000 homeowners said today's the day, December the 1st the day most people identify as acceptable time 
to put up the Christmas lights. Okay. I wonder in what way Tesla CEO Elon Musk boasted to a crowd that his new full-size electric pickup is the most unique thing on the road. It's certainly got to be one of the ugliest things on the road. It happened yesterday. Russia's Supreme Court has banned LGBT queer activism in that nation. Inflation continues to cool off. The Fed's preferred inflation measure increased 3% in October, but it's a disaster. And finally, business is so good at Red Lobster <laughs> that it's bad. Red Lobster has apparently learned nothing from its endless crab debacle back in 2003. The ultimate endless shrimp promotion is so popular that it's hurting business. The company says that they lost $11 million in the third quarter because it's so popular. Living in today's world. Well, you've heard me say this many times before. I'm not sure why, but this northerner does very well with southern folks. We just hit it off. And again, I'm not sure why. Dr. George Monday has been a great pastor of days gone by out of Indianapolis, Indiana, and he's had us for several meetings at his church. He said, I grew up as a young boy in the very isolated backwoods of South Central Kentucky. And at a very young age, I can remember getting excited about the preacher coming to our house for dinner. I was excited because of the anticipation of hearing him talk about Almighty God. But I can't ever remember that he did. I remember going with my sister to a neighbor's house one evening because there was going to be two Mormon missionaries there, and they were supposed to be talking about the end of the world. Those were things that I was very interested in and I wanted to know more about, but they didn't. And I was disappointed once again. I was spending the night at my uncle's house one time, and my two cousins shared some things that they had heard my granddad speak about in the book of Revelation about the end of the world, and that intrigued us, and so we searched the Bible for most of the night, looking for that place until we finally found it. I may have been nine or ten years old at the time. What I'm saying, George says, is that we're surrounded by people who are hungry for some knowledge about Almighty God that they do not know. And that's almost everyone who hasn't been saved yet. They want us to share with them what we know. Their hearts are hungry because something is missing in their lives, and they don't even know what it is. They're looking for some hope, and we know what it is. So please, please share this thought with others whose hearts are longing for that. Don't be afraid or ashamed to be bold with the gospel. They are depending on you and they've hung their hopes on you, so please don't disappoint them. You may not feel qualified because you realize they're asking a question you can't answer. But remember, my friend, you know so much more than they know. Just share what God's done for you. Dr. Mundy, that is a tremendous message and should be heeded by all listening to Hello World Today. Good old Kentucky boy. And for those of you who have lost a Christian loved one recently, this is good. When tomorrow starts without me, please try to understand that an angel came and called my name and took me by the hand. The angel said my place was ready in heaven far above, and that I have to leave behind all those I dearly love. But when I walked through heaven's gates, I felt so much at home. For God looked down and smiled at me and told me, welcome home. So when tomorrow starts without me, 
Don't think we're far apart. For every time you think of me, I'm right there in your heart. Another good one. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Just joined us? Welcome. This is Hello World. News, information, and comment. Bible, a little bit of everything every day at this time. And a special thank you to those that never miss. Tell a friend about the broadcast and continue to listen, my friend. Thank you for your time. It is valuable. We understand that. And you would give us a little bit each day is a really big deal. God bless from Greg Patton Ministries. Let me get a plug in, too, for um, Invisible War of the Saints. Yesterday, several people said, how do we get a copy of this book? Southwest Radio Churches set it all up. Just go to theinvisiblewaronthesaints.com. That's invisiblewarofthesaints.com. Get your copy. People are saying this is good. It is working in my life already. We pray that it is, my friend. God's doing some very special things at Greg Patton Ministries. Pray for us. Keep in touch, my friend. And oh, I do love you. You know, God has revealed the secret of personal fulfillment and success in life better than anyone else. But most of us miss it. In our materialistic society today, we are trained to grab all we can and look out for being number one. Our noble concept of the rugged individualist and the self-made man miss a very critical truth. Even in the church, we tend to focus on leadership there. Sure we do. Being true to ourselves and finding our ministry. Instead of simply calling someone a servant, I'm, I'm a servant of God, we feel compelled to use a phrase like, I'm a servant leader. History and scripture stand against this wave of self-satisfaction. Am I correct on that? Samuel stated his posture in God's calling by replying, Speak, Lord, for your servant. Get it? For your servant is listening. First Samuel 3, verse 9 and 10. 19th-century preacher and one of my favorites, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, urges us to serve all your life. And today, John Maxwell said the first step to leadership is servanthood. I know many pastors that have been considered, oh, highly successful in life, but boy, they can be personally defeated. All of us can. One pastor said, I was burned out. I was empty. I was miserable. From the outside, I appeared to be doing everything right. The church thought I was on top of it. I was preaching the gospel. I was fulfilling the Great Commission, building a ministry, Christian school. But on the inside, everything was messed up. I was out of fellowship with God, tormented by impure thoughts, and headed for destruction. Then just as David cried out from the pit, I begged the Lord to deliver me, and he did. Praise the Lord. He set my feet on a firm foundation of his truth, and in this process, I've come to understand the significance of Jesus Christ's statement that the servant is greatest of all, there in Matthew 23, 11. Ministry must be centered around a purpose, not a personality. Hey, you need to grab that concept. You'll begin to look at people that you can help. If a marriage is faltering, you should want to jump in there and help discover the love of Jesus Christ and how you can help. If a pastor struggles with sin, we should want to help him overcome that. If a child needs food or water, we want to meet the need. In serving others, you develop new relationships with people. Man needs to find out that he 
becomes lesser, and when he does, oh, then he becomes greater in the eyes of God, because God will get the greatest glory. Yeah, we need to humble ourselves to serve other people. Matthew twenty-five forty. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me, Jesus said. Jesus gave his life for these people. We need to begin to give our life to people. In return, he begins to fill us with an abundant life. And who listening to this program doesn't want an abundant life? Truly, that's what we're looking for. By losing my life for his sake, I can find life again. By becoming his servant to helpless people throughout the world and right in your community, you'll find a personal and professional fulfillment and success in life. Yes, we live in a materialistic society. It's easy to put our needs above the needs of others. Yeah, me first. But Jesus always put others before himself, and he expects us to follow that example, does he not? Interesting stuff here from James Robinson. He said he met a missionary named Peter Pretorius on a trip to South Africa, and his testimony had a transforming effect on Robinson's life. He told of his success as a prestigious tobacco farmer and a race car driver who lived totally for himself. That was before he decided to share God's message with people in neighboring Mozambique. When he traveled there to arrange a series of evangelistic meetings, his drivers failed to return for him at the appointed time, and what was going to be a two-day trip, 48 hours, lasted a week. During his unexpected stay, Peter saw unimaginable suffering. People were literally dying at his feet. Every day, another 20, 25 malnourished adults and children were buried. He witnessed it all. Wouldn't that be something? Peter helped an elderly man find a resting place against a tree and went to get some water. He cried when he came back and discovered the man was dead. Returning home to South Africa, Peter asked friends and neighbors to help buy food for these people. He rented a truck to transport provisions to Mozambique, and so began his first extensive feeding program. At his invitation, Robinson said he and his wife went to witness the operation and saw some of the most unbelievable scenes they'd ever encountered. Little ones covered in dirt, wearing stained clothing, worn in shreds. They looked at us shyly. Many exhibited the dangers of malnutrition, bloated tummies, patches of orange discoloration in the hair, open sores on the legs. Their smiles drew our eyes from their rags to the anticipation that was on their faces. Once we initiated personal contact, many soon wanted to hold hands and embrace us. Some hugs. Thousands of children lined the road as our team set up to feed them vitamin-rich meals, the consistency of oatmeal. They were so very happy to get a basic need. Upon returning home, Robinson and his wife knew that God wanted them to be involved in the project, to give their own finances and inspire others to support these missionaries, to ones that lay down their lives every day. You know, the scriptures place the primary focus on the joy of giving in life, not on the return that you get, Acts twenty thirty five, Jesus offers us the supreme example of what it means to give, right? He gave his life for us, knowing there was nothing that we could give him in return. It's an honor that our Creator allows us today to express his nature as we serve others, or should be. He owes us nothing for our obedience. We owe God everything for Christ's obedience in his death and resurrected life. 
While Jesus did state that he came to give us life more abundantly, many people mistakenly believe that Jesus came to give us abundance in life instead of abundance of life. There's a big difference. God's not opposed to you having things, but he's deeply concerned that things do not have us. Remember, God's rewards far exceed the value of anything earthly or anything temporal. He may give us the means to afford a new car. Maybe you have a nice home, but he's most interested in giving us a new spirit and an eternal home. And he's also interested in blessing us so we can, in turn, bless other people. Why not do that today? So would that be a early Christmas present? I mean, you've seen this many times, even on network television. They get it right sometimes. He's there. He's home. The little boy goes into a special room set up, and here's this big box, a present, an early Christmas present, and who emerges? Well, it's Dad. He's been deployed overseas, and there it is, revealing the long-absent husband and Dad. Another soldier has come home, praise the Lord. Homecomings are really special, aren't they? But even the most emotional homecoming like this can't feel the longing for reunion that resides in the deepest part of your heart. Ever since sin entered this old world, the human experience, Genesis 3, 1 through 19, we've been estranged from our Father in heaven and far from our real true home. You know, we're just passing through here, right? Don't put those tent stakes down very far. This is not home. This is the return that we all need. What a homecoming. So our Heavenly Father sent Jesus Christ, His Son, into the world to Provide this way back to God. Amen. Jesus lived a perfect life. He took our place as a sacrifice for our sin, our disobedience against God, really. Christ's death dealt with our sin. Thank you, Jesus. The very same thing that made the return of the Father impossible. As the apostle explained, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15. Boy, this is great news. Because of God's amazing love, he was willing to pay the ultimate price to bring us home, my friend. Scripture reveals we simply need to accept this free gift of forgiveness and restoration and receive salvation and eternal life. Talk about a present. This could be the greatest Christmas ever. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. Today, God offers you an invitation, sir, ma'am. You've been listening to this program. You need to be saved today. You need to come home to him both now and forever. Only one question remains for you. Will you do it? Will you accept this amazing gift by faith today and trust Jesus Christ as Savior? It's our prayer here at Hello World and Greg Patton Ministries that you'll do exactly that. Remember, today is the day of salvation. And finally, many of you are out there hunting stills at deer season down south. A couple of hunters out in the woods, one of them collapses. He's not breathing at all. His eyes are glazing over. The other guy whips out his cell phone, calls 911. He said, I think my friend is dead. He's screaming. What can I do? The operator says, calm down, sir. First of all, let's make sure that he is dead. There's a silence, a gunshot, and then back on the phone. Okay, now what? 
Oh, I know it's Friday at Massey for another day. Thank you so much for being here on a Friday. Got big plans. Going to do a little Christmas shopping this weekend. What are you up to, my friend? So glad to be able to come to you with Hello World Monday through Friday right here on this station. Join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is Friday, December the 1st, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day. Great weekend.